Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. And the theme of today is currently. What we're currently reading, what audiobook we're currently listening to, and what book mail we've received this week. Just a nice check-in really, which I guess we usually do over WhatsApp in endless messages and voice notes. Yeah, I have had less notifications this week. So everyone, enjoy being a fly on the wall today. Lauren, hello. what are you currently reading? Um, it's a buddy reader that we're both reading, actually. I'm currently reading We Were Never Here by Andrea Bartz, which we... I think you might have finished. I have finished it, Lauren. I have. Um, Want to drop the synopsis? Yes, with pleasure. <laughs> I so, <knew> you would. <laughs> Emily is having the time of her life. She's in the mountains of Chile with her best friend, Kristen, on their annual reunion trip. And the women are feeling closer than ever. But on the last night of their trip, Emily enters their hotel suite to find blood and broken glass on the floor. Kristen says the cute backer should backpacker she'd been flirting with attacked her and she had no choice but to kill him in self-defense even more shocking the scene is horrifyingly similar to last year's trip when another backpacker wound up dead emily can't believe it's happened again can lightning really strike twice can it so we actually haven't even whatsapped about this um Mm. what are your thoughts dying to know i mean it's completely unrealistic and actually, I think by the time this episode comes out, we'll have posted our review. So you can go and have a look there. But once you embrace the fact that it is just absolutely wild and would never happen in real day, then it's really enjoyable. And I flew through the beginning half. But I think I'm now in like the last 100 pages and the plot has slowed down quite a lot. Okay, okay. Brace yourself because the last 20 pages are a whirlwind and when I was reading it it took me back to school I remember whenever we did like creative writing or storytelling or whatever my feedback was always about how descriptive the beginning was and then that my ending was rushed Lauren I don't know if you remember my year nine sats exam where we had to write about like a shipwreck and I did so much description and alliteration and similes and metaphors mm-hmm. and then had like run out of time, had five minutes left. So my ending was that the shipwreck person found a lighthouse and the final line was, Uncle <laughs> Seamus, is that you? <laughs> right. And I, re- I received severe backlash for all my rushed endings. But, it, but for some reason in thrillers, it's totally acceptable to wrap up an entire book and maybe jump forward like 10 years or whatever. And it's all done in like 10 pages. And so I'm a bit pissed off that I received such negative feedback when clearly maybe I was just a thriller writer all along and I didn't even know it. (laughs) It's so true. Okay, so I'll stick with it for the final pages then if it's going to start picking up speed. Yeah, yeah. It's high stress. I read it in the bath and it was not relaxing. Oh, my God. My jaw hurts so much from reading (laughs) It like just clenching my teeth throughout the whole time. And I don't think it's helping as well that I'm currently watching Squid Games. Oh my God. I'm so glad you're watching it. Oh I'm my God. So what episode are you on? Um, I think I'm on like episode seven or something. Oh my God. Oh my God. So I'm oh my God. quite into it. So the most, what, what uh, I'll ask this first. What um, game has stressed you out the most? Because this will tell me if you've watched my most stressful one. Um, 
oh my god all of them but probably the one with the marbles that was really stressful because they all paired up with their friends I totally called that though as soon as they got into pairs I was like oh here we go I know this twist I didn't you know me I (laughs) I was guessing the twist but no (laughs) this might mean that you haven't got to the most stressful one with the glass oh fuck I have yeah that was awful oh my god I also did think I was a bit of an expert in tempered glass by the end (laughs) but I was so stressed it was savage that one's ruthless I mean they're all ruthless aren't they they, they all, all have to just be quite savage. Oh my God, it's so good. God. I'm a bit you sad. You have to be pretty psycho to come up with a plot like this. Yeah, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Write a book, mate. Um, I'm really sad because I've got my sisters doing a Halloween party next week and I really wanted to go as Squid Game. I wanted to buy the tracksuits for me and my boyfriend and they're not going to arrive in time. Oh no, so have you actually bought them? And then didn't buy them because I saw. And to be honest, I've now, upon reflection, been like, actually, this is good because these have been mass produced. They're not ethical. We've just spent a whole episode talking about sustainability. Yeah, so good point. I'm actually now a bit smug that I don't own a Swift Game Cat tracksuit, but that would have been so great. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a, like, yeah, it would have been great for this year, but you couldn't really rock it out again because I feel like this is just going to be like a one hit wonder kind of thing. Yeah, not sustainable. So we're going as mimes because he's already gone as a mime before. And it's very easy. Black and white top. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Anyway, back to the book. Back back to the book. Yeah. I mean, I I also want to talk to you about because I actually have found some parts quite thought provoking. Um, For example, halfway through when... I'm trying to phrase this without giving any of the spoilers away. But essentially, when someone, when a man goes missing and his body's been found, everyone, the the whole reaction of the media, his family and friends and and everyone has been, oh my God, how could this happen? Such a great and charismatic guy. Um, when in reality, you know, he he was he probably ended up there because he he'd done drugs or you know got in with the dodgy crowd. Whereas if a woman's body is found, the the sort of cultural narrative always goes towards. But why was she there? Why did she leave her friends? Why, um, like pointing fingers at her? Like how did she get herself into this situation? So I just found it really interesting that the author has picked up on that sort of tendency in in the press and like we've even see it seen it recently in the media and how um certain big missing cases of women even the police force are like you know telling women they need to be vigilant so I just thought it's really interesting how like the narrative around that yeah definitely I was like it is a good um like that's not the plot but you absolutely cannot talk about the fact that two women have gone traveling abroad and the difference of if that was like well, I mean both of the men that they encounter are solo backpackers aren't they like that in itself yeah. speaks volumes yeah um, exactly yeah, so true I liked those sort of nods throughout the book it did feel quite like the author was trying to not just write a thriller but yeah prove a point as well yeah and um, that these conversations that only happen towards women um but the question I really want to know from you Jess is 
when I was reading this, I just couldn't help but ask myself, would I help my best friend bury, bury a body? I'd help you bury a body. Why, why are you questioning that? Like, of course, I'm there with my shovel. <laughs> Don't need any of the details. Just tell me to bring a shovel when I'm there. Yeah, I'd help you too. But it did, it did just make me think like, oh my God, like what would I do in this situation? Yeah. And I yeah. actually think I would, I've, I've given this a lot of thought. Okay. I would go. Be careful what you might be admitting to here. <laughs> I think if it came down to it, I would go to the local, if say we're in Chile, I'd go to the U- UK embassy in mm. Chile and talk to them. I wouldn't go to the police. I wouldn't go to the police and risk being stuck in a prison cell for years and years and years whilst they, you know, got Colin Firth to come and rescue me. But I would I would just go to the UK embassy. Embassies are actually wild. There is a bit crazy that there's just like a house in every country for every country. Yeah. Joe and that the they US can have their the own day. rules. Yeah, I had to go there for my visa when I um worked at Disney and they all had like guns inside I was like yeah what the fuck I'm so scared to do anything wrong in this exactly <laughs> so you know if that happens to us Jess if there's a local embassy that we can go to sure I'll be there otherwise let's just pack a shovel okay noted so when we next go on holiday in advance we'll have looked up we've got to be prepared <laughs> got to be prepared we've got to live near we've got to stay in a hotel near the embassy just okay I have picked up on you saying the local embassy like it's like the local wine shop (laughs) that too we want a wine shop and an embassy maybe we'll add them on LinkedIn before we go (laughs) just find out who our local representatives are yeah good one (laughs) um so what are you currently reading if you finish that one. Oh, I'm in a weird place, Lauren. Um, oh, no. Apparently it's a thing that you have a come down after a marathon. And like, I read nothing for a week before because I was really anxious about it. And then afterwards, my body was in too much pain to like literally hold up a book. Then I read two books in two days <laughs> when I was at the spa. Oh, shit. And I was like, okay, I'm back. And then I started yeah. um, Magpie by Elizabeth Day. Yes, and then I'm just I'm so interested to hear what you think about this book. Well, I just stopped in the middle. I was, and it just got, it like slowed down and I was feeling a bit weird. So that's when I, I just left it and was like, we'll come back to you. And that's when I read, yeah. we were never here. And then thought, okay, that has reinvigorated me for thrillers. Lizzie D mm. let's go. And now I've finally finished it. Um, like it's the whole thing's really weird. I, I usually read, I read every day because I enjoy it not because mm. I like force myself to. And so I'll yeah. probably finish a book in like three-ish days on average. So to have been in this weird sort of yeah. whirlwind of like some books, no books, stopping yeah, books exactly. halfway. It's all kinds of crazy, Lauren. It's not your vibe. It's not my vibe. Um, so tell me a little bit more about how to fail. Um, <laughs> I almost called it How to Fail. Um, well, that, that is her other book. So I'll let you off. Yeah, that. exactly. Um, and I really like her podcast um which is yeah that's called how to fail um, yeah it is but I, I believe this is her first fictional book it um, is and yeah. it's why I'm so interested by it yeah well it's about a woman who moves in with a man after only knowing him for three months because they both want to have a baby but then a lodger moves in too and she thinks something is like going on between them which I'm gonna leave it there so it's not to spoil it um okay. it did have it had two big twists which I was actually really shocked by 
And I was like, whoa, okay. Oh my God. Okay. And I was okay. Like, All right, this is this is great. This is great. And yeah. then the second half of the book, absolutely nothing happened. So I was prepping for like a big grand finish and I was like, okay, this is really slow. We're just sort of going through the motions. There's obviously going to be a twist on like the penultimate page. Yeah. And I was overwhelmed, Lauren. Uh, underwhelmed, I would say actually. Um, oh no. It's, it's not a reco. Probably shouldn't have talked about it on our recommendations podcast. Probably shouldn't to be fair. Lots of other people loved it. So I know. Don't, I've don't seen let so it... many people rave yeah. about it. You can borrow my copy, Lauren. I think I'm right. All right. But I think you would probably enjoy it because you have more time for thrillers than me these days. Like I think me and thrillers are breaking up. If we had a Facebook relationship, it would be like, it's complicated. But I feel like you just told me it wasn't a thriller by the ending. It is. Was it even a thriller? Yeah. It's got all the tropes. It's got the the weird mother-in-law, the unstable woman, the secrets, the like maybe he's an untrustworthy Mm. man. So, I, I don't know. Tropes. I feel like mate, oh, I don't know. I, I've seen those people love it, and I, and I think she's fab. And so I do wonder: had you read it, would you have enjoyed it more than me? Maybe, maybe. The reason I didn't want to read it is it just sounded very similar to a book I've already read this year, which was Surrogate. I can't remember who it's by. Oh yeah, I remember you. Um, it's got like a bird on the front black cover I can't remember what it's got on the front um and I was kind of like oh I've been there done that do you know what I mean mm. which are, well that which is the thing I with thrillers yeah exactly um so if you finished that then what are you currently reading <laughs> what aren't I currently reading Lauren? oh no which I think is partly my problem I've just been like okay this isn't working let's read another thing so I'm currently reading um my f- well obviously Shantaram that's still going on only 200 pages left though um then I've started my classic for the month because they can be so hard to digest I usually like take the whole month to read them like a chapter here and fair enough I don't think we've mentioned your classic challenge on here but that was your new year's resolution wasn't it to read one a month correctamundo yes um I just had loads of like gorgeous copies of classics that weren't being read which just seems a bit wasteful Mm. So I was like, all right, one a month. That's what I'm going to do in 2021. And so far I have done it. And actually well, in done. March, I read two. Oh, I know. Absolute show off. Um, but this month it's so good. I'm reading Black Beauty by um, Anna Sewell. Have you read it? Yeah, I have. I read it when I was a child. I loved it. Oh my God, I love it. It's directed by a horse for anyone that doesn't know. <laughs> and it's just made me feel really bad that they have to be ridden and that they have these metal bars in the house. Like I literally, my mouth hurts yeah, it when hurts. the horse talks yeah. about the fact you that they have to be like... feel the metal in your mouth. Yeah, I'm, I'm now doing it. But I just, I feel really bad. <laughs> and I want to share it with everyone I know who like so rides horses. Well. I haven't got to... I'm like um, oh, so maybe a third of the way in. There have been some sad okay. stories, but yeah, absolutely. Do you know it. the story in general? Yeah, you do. Yeah, I think that's quite like you kind of go into classes well knowing the story in general, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, true. Um, so yeah, yeah, loving it. Sometimes they love it. Classics are hard to follow. Um, like me, maybe the secret is to narrate it by an animal, right? 
I've been really thinking about reading a book that's like narrated by an under the sea creature because we know so little about under the sea. What what book is that? No, I like I think there should be one. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. If you've written one, hit me up. Write it. <laughs> but I don't know anything about under the sea. True. Maybe I'll work with um, David Attenborough on that one. Check back in, guys, see how that's going. <laughs> um, what else am I reading? That's it. I um, then thought, okay, let's try non-fic. See how, see how a bit of non-fiction goes. And, oh, this was a buddy read, and I'm not sure if you've finished it yet, actually, or if you're currently reading it. Um, but it's Against White Feminism by Rafia Zakaria. Um, have you read it, Lauren? Yes, I've just finished it, actually. Oh, okay. Um, um, and I get why you haven't sped through that one because there is a lot to take in, isn't it? Oh my God. It is such a deep dive, but so, and mm. so opening. Um, have you got your book at yes, your flat to drop the snot? If not, I can get mine. Yeah, I've got it. Okay. Um, Hit me, Lauren. So it looks at upper middle class white women have long been heralded as experts on feminism. They've presided over multinational feminist organisations and written much of what we consider the feminist canon, espousing sexual liberation and satisfaction, LGBTQ plus inclusion and racial solidarity, all while branding the language of the movement itself in whiteness and speaking over black and brown women in an effort to uphold privileged and perceived cultural superiority. So an American Muslim woman, attorney and political philosopher, Rafia Zakaria, champions a reconstruction of feminism in against white feminism, centering women of colour in the transformative overview and counter manifesto to white feminism's global long-standing affinity with colonial patriarchal and white supremacist ideals. I mean, wow. what a scenario. <laughs> I mean... Um, She's yeah. given herself a big challenge, a big topic area to cover there, which and one that is just so needed. Yeah. And I am um, so much. I really love that the title is so provocative. And yeah. I think like if there are white people that get offended, you know, by the title against white feminism or like they feel attacked, they are the people that need to go and buy this book. Like you are the ones that need to read what is in these pages. Oh, totally. And like, I felt uncomfortable at points reading this book. And I think that's exactly what a white woman should feel when reading yeah. this book. Yeah. Just to hear a person of colour's perspective on feminism and how the roots of feminism, as the blurb has said, is set up to uphold privileged white women and at, at the, um, you know, whilst leaving black women and women of any color out of the conversation it's just yeah it's just changed a lot of my perspectives on what feminism is and what it means to be a feminist yeah it's got me thinking like I don't think white women should write books on feminism anymore yeah <laughs> like, like they just even if they needed. go out and do their research it's just like oh you know same old same old we want to hear from other we need new, now. yeah we need new just like what we were saying in our last episode with uh Vanessa Nakate adding you know the black person's voice to yeah. the climate emergency because it's so needed I agree with you I think we don't need any more white women talking about feminism necessarily we need more people of color talking about feminism and we also need people of 
women of color in positions of power so at governmental level Mm. um to ensure that it's not just you know rules and laws aren't being changed to only benefit white privileged women um and that's something that I've learned from this book I just yeah made me feel uncomfortable but in the best way possible because it's challenging your perspectives and makes you reflect on like you're like oh my god have I ever done something like that yeah yeah exactly and like it's and and if you have okay you didn't realize then but now you know and you're equipped and you're never going to do that again so it's oh my god I hope everyone reads this yeah and there's a point where Rafia talks about like her own just a bit about her own upbringing and background um and how she got to where she is and in the introduction the introduction uh so the book set it set set up in um as a collection of essays and the first essay is at a wine bar a group of feminists and she talks about how she came to move to the states and how she her parents had put her into an arranged marriage and she flew to the states with her husband and he was quite an abusive partner and the police sort of turned blind eye to their arguments and just sort of told her to patch it up kind of thing with her husband even though it was really obvious that he was abusing her and one day she just ran away took her child with her ran away and started a new life with her and she's sort of talking about how at a com at a table with a bunch of white feminists being the only person of color and how it's a bit uncomfortable for her to to ever tell white women what her background is because there's just a bit of um you know she just sort of feels that they'll never understand her background and she doesn't want to sort of you know be she just knows that they'll feel uncomfortable and that's not really what they want to talk about. They don't want to be sat around this table to feel uncomfortable as white women. And I, oh yeah, I just thought it was so interesting. Yeah, it's such a good opener. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it, as a white woman reading it, you automatically look back on scenarios where you've maybe you know, been in a conversation uh, with a person of colour and and fallen into these tropes, maybe. Yeah. And also, I think because she gets into so many complex um, discussions in her essays, like one of them is about um, aid, like aid, for example. And mm. I I haven't gone to Africa and, and supported a project or whatever. So I can't technically relate to that but I have been in a wine bar and I have sat with a group of girls so to like open it in this like really attainable way where like a lot of people might have been in that situation then highlighting what's wrong and then she gets into all these huge nitty gritty worldly discussions I'm like yes that was really clever yeah that's that's what I was trying to say you just said it in a much more (laughs) coherent way um I've tabbed a lot of quotes yeah me too yeah you want to share one or should we each share one is that yeah I could share a bunch but I'm gonna try and find what my favorite um I really liked this one where she talks about so she's sort of challenging perspectives on what it means to be a feminist and there's a 
quote where she says, growing up in Pakistan, I saw my mother, my grandmother and my aunt survive terrible suffering of all sorts. They experienced migrations, devastating business losses, inept husbands, lost relations, legal discriminations and so much more without ever giving in to despair without ever abandoning those who relied on them without ever failing to show up their resilience their sense of responsibility their empathy and their capacity for hope are also feminist qualities but not ones that the current feminist arithmetic will permit in the value system of white feminism it is rebellion rather than resilience that is seen as the ultimate feminist virtue my maternal forebearers endurance is labeled as pre-feminist impulse misguided unenlightened and unable to deliver change and I just thought that is a good one yeah I just thought that's so true like how we we sort of assume a feminist to be someone who is rebelled and speaks out but really it's only white women who have the privilege in society to act as rebels yeah because the justice system is set up to support white people and allow white people to act rebelliously whereas if a person of color were to act rebelliously that's you know there's there's it's not allowed without them you know disgruntling a lot of people so I just thought we actually need to reconsider what it means you know how we associate feminism yeah excellent quote Lauren thank you for that one what was one I'm gonna do kind of because I just spoken about that um that chapter that discusses aid work I'm gonna read this one which kind of summarizes the chapter if you will So rather than actually empowering those on the receiving end of aid programs, the development community tends to envision them as helpless, backwards, pre-enlightenment versions of white Western women whose social and cultural differences are problems to be solved and whose actual problems can be swiftly dispatched using methods which have been tailored to the needs of white people. Like so much of this chapter is about white people helping, but have they even checked like if what they're doing is needed? Like I think it opens with... um, the uh what's the official word for them the wood wood burning up wood burning stoves that's it and they've um and it says like but no one asked the women who did the cooking whether they wanted the new stoves and it's like all of so much is decided by everyone else in other places in the world being like we really need to do this and like just giving them like a small solution it's like you haven't even checked like it's their culture it's their tradition it's their lives like you haven't asked yeah actually what help they actually need if any from you yeah god it's so good you know what actually talking about it right now has reinvigorated me to like finish it so I'm gonna finish it today I've decided I I think I only have about 50 pages left so I am on the home stretch but now Mm. we've just discussed it I'm like oh I I really want to know what's coming up next yeah Um, and it is it's quite a short book it's less than a hundred two hundred pages yeah I like don't even know pages. how she's managed that when there's so much to I cover. know when there's so much to cover but again as it is just a collection of essays it is probably a good one to have on the go anyways and just sort of read one essay at a time which is what I did with it because like you say just there's so much that she mentions here that actually sitting and reading the essays back to back was a little bit overwhelming because I wasn't taking in yeah what, you need to you know you kind of need to absorb it take it in and like think about it for a bit before you move on to the next essay yeah. so that is um 
a reco on how to read it as well. Yeah. Okay. So I think, well, you should see our review on our Instagram soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go and finish it today so we can properly um, reco it. Okay. Mm. Um, as you can tell, I'm currently reading a lot. I need to sort my life out. Um, you really do. Audiobooks. Lauren, have you got an audiobook mm. on the go? Do you know what? I actually don't at the moment. That's unlike which you. Which is unlike me. Um, and maybe that's because my audio credit doesn't come in until tomorrow. So ask me next week, Jessica, and there'll probably will be one. Gotcha. Do you know what you need to do, Lauren? You need to get on BorrowBox because I... Fucking do. I don't know why I haven't done this yet. I haven't used Audibles. I've got loads of credit credits just ranked up. And I've also found that BorrowBox, because of what's available, like there isn't everything available, I'll just go yeah. through the list and I'll be like, oh, do you know what? That book has actually intrigued me mm. for a while, but I've never really thought to read it. And then because it's free and available to listen to without having to pay a penny, I'm like, we'll give it a go. Like... Which is exactly what I'm currently doing with my with my the audiobook I'm listening to. Like I just Do we need to add um, a little line here now that says this episode was sponsored by Borrowbox. <laughs> just God, a disclaimer. Just a it's totally not, but it is it's just obvious so, just such a dream so setup. We talk, yeah, we talked about it in our audiobook episode. And if you missed that one, it's free. You link it to your library and then you can like access ebooks and audiobooks that are from your library. So you borrow them, borrow box. And then um, it also means that you have like, I think it's about 20 ish days to listen to them, which makes you oh, actually good. listen to them. So yeah. I'm, I was nearly going to run out of this one. So sorry, let me say what it is. It's Eve of Man by Giovanna and Tom Fletcher. And oh, I'm so intrigued by this book. Right. I've always been like, I was never that interested in it when it first came out and it was everywhere. I've always been like, I wonder what that's like. And then because it, it was dystopian? on BorrowBox. Yes, that's why I've been so intrigued. That's why, yeah. I love a dystopian. And <laughs> yeah, because it was free, I was like, all right, let's give this a listen. Holy shit, Lauren. It's such a good audiobook. I Is was, it? Who's it I, read by? Is it read by them? No, thank God. That would wind me up. It's um, so it's a dual narrative and it's by a woman and a man. So they've yeah. got two narrators and the woman is Charlotte oh, Ritchie, who we've talked about before oh, she wow. was on Taskmaster. And she was in that series you watched with um, May Martin. Can't yeah, remember the name um, of it. God, I can't. Uh, anyways, yeah. That one. And as a result, the character of Eve looks like Charlotte Ritchie for me. And yeah. um, I Googled <laughs> the guy, it's Josh Dillon, and he plays young Bill in Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Jokes. <laughs> and Jude in the adaptation of Noughts and Crosses. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I am picturing um, Bram as I him. I hadn't made that connection before that he was in Noughts and Crosses. Mm-hmm. Um, Crazy. Yeah, it's so good. I was driving to my sister's, which should usually take me like an hour 15 and I shouldn't have driven on a Friday. That's my own fault. But it took me three hours. And I wasn't even that mad because I was listening to the audiobook. So I was highly entertained. And I love it when that happens. Yeah. And it's about, um, do you know what it's about, Laura? I Vaguely, but please tell me. Okay. It's um, basically women, uh, females stop being born. They everyone keeps getting pregnant like they're still getting pregnant stuff but only boys are being born so everyone's starting to freak out and then a couple who have had seven miscarriages decide to stop trying for a baby and then they 
have a baby and it's a girl and she is Eve. And so to protect the future of the human race, she gets like put in this dome and they like give her all her lessons and make sure she's getting the right nutrition and like exercise and all these sorts of things. And so, Mm. so that when she's of age, she can then have children. She'll be like the best she can be. And because she has to be protected, they've got a robot friend for her who looks just like a real girl. She's called Holly. But of course, for her to look so real, actually a young man in the suit. So he looks like Holly. So she thinks she's got this best friend called Holly, but actually Eve is like weirdly clever. She actually knows, well, of course, this is someone like being Holly. And she actually has a few different people that are Holly. And from the way they talk to her, she knows the slight differences so the book is narrated by Bram, who is one of her hollies, and it's her favorite holly. Ah. And it's very good. And she's now of age, and so she's meeting suitors. I've forgotten what the actual word is. Prospects or, or something that could yeah. that, that they think that they're like perfectly matched to them create a baby that will then help the future of the human race. Um, oh my god. That's so enjoyable. It's, and I actually think I'm enjoying it more because it's an audiobook like I'm wondering if the second like ah. I'm definitely going to read the second book and I'm like am I going to read it or am I going to listen to it because I'm really enjoying mm. the experience of listening oh good one yeah I'm really happy that you're enjoying it thank you um maybe you should Lauren well reco one get on borrow box and just browse yeah, you'll totally find books that like that. you'll be like oh yeah I've kind of been interested in that but I didn't ever want to buy it yeah and then you'll listen to it And then record number two, listen to this one. (laughs) It's so good. I might have to. It sounds brilliant. Yeah. It's like, it's like watching a film. Like it's so vivid. And I think because I know what Charlotte Ritchie looks like, well, and Josh Dillon, it just, I don't know, it adds a little something. It engages me more than if it's a narrator, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely going to check that out. Okay. Okie dokie. So on to the next set of currentlies we've had quite a lot of book mail this week and they've all correct me if I'm wrong but been buddy read book mails right so we've both yeah, got they the have same. oh mm. I haven't actually made that connection yeah Bob's okay dropping by every day that's my postman by the way <laughs> Bob is an absolute legend when I first moved here after a few weeks he was like what is all the books <laughs> he was like, is this is this your job and I was like ah. Kind of. paying job but I do do this thing where I review books and now literally yeah. every time he comes he's like more books yes Bob. and my concierge Joe he always brings them up to me and he obviously that it's really obvious that they're books so every time he uh, drops into me he's like more knowledge <laughs> I love it the fact that he uses the word knowledge I just bloody love yeah. it yeah we need to get um, Joe and Bob together I'll bring them on the podcast <laughs> Even, let's do a buddy read with Joe and Bob. Oh my god! Um, anyway, book first. So, uh, there's one book that I know we're both we've both been on our toes waiting to receive it. Jess, I think the one you're thinking of, if it's the same one that I am, is <laughs> Taste by Stanley Tucci. <gasps> I'm honestly can't tell you how excited I am to read this book. I fucking love Stanley Tucci. <laughs> Love him so, so much. Great. And we need to be careful not to go into too much detail and fangirling here because we're obviously going to have to do an episode on this book. Yeah. But it's, um, but it's for anyone that doesn't know, it's a food war. So it's a food memoir. Um, we've been sent it by Viking Publishing and uh, it's out now. 
it came out at the beginning of this month and it is a beautiful cover have yeah, to say it is. it is it's like cloth bound and not and hardback <laughs> yeah it's gorgeous yeah love it i can't wait to read it and another book we got this week was Cleopatra and Frankenstein by Coco Mellers, which is out on the, uh, it's in February, not out till February next year, actually, yeah. but that's by Fourth Estate Publishing. And it sounds really good. It sounds like it's um, about an artist who's sort of finding her way in New York, having just moved there from England, I think. And just about as her visa is about to run out, she meets Frank and who is 20 years older than her and it's about their sort of life together which just sounds really really interesting yeah well Pandora Sykes don't know if you know her we don't really talk about her um, a lot but (laughs) she's read it and there's a quote from her on the back which is obviously part of the reason I want to read it it's a tender devastating and funny exploration of love and friendship and the yearning for self-evisceration Coco Mellers is an elegant and exciting new voice Mm. can't fucking wait thanks Panda Danny, um, oh, hang on though. So Lauren has talked about how she was like really excited for Taste by Stanley Tucci and like we're really excited for this one. But I received a like screaming voice note from Lauren because a publisher from a Little Brown Book Group emailed us about a book that she's very excited for. Lauren, do you want to you wanna reveal? I'm actually smiling from ear to ear right <laughs> <I can now>. see. <laughs> Um, So... Isla Gordon, who wrote Season in the Snow, which I have banged on about so much. But we still haven't actually had the discussion on the book, which we says a lot, no. I think, that you've mentioned it a few times and people have gone away and bought it, but we still haven't even it. done a deep dive. It is coming <laughs> like nearer to Christmas, we promise. Carry yeah. Um, well, she's written another book and it's called A Winter in Wonderland. And I just can't wait. I think it's out on the 11th of November. And I'm actually like a little bit worried about reading it because I just loved A Season in the Snow so much. It's, you know, it, I don't know, but like every year I like to read a cheesy Christmas novel and Season in the Snow just ticked all the boxes. Like it just gave me all the feels. It felt so like such a lovely read. And so I'm really hoping that this one is similar. It's set in Lapland. I mean... You can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Mm. Um, So I think, Jess, we're going to have to do like a Winter Reads episode and talk about Season in the Snow finally. Oh, we are, because I um, listened to a festival audiobook the other day. The other day. Well, I'll save it for that episode. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) I've already waffled on about Borrow Box enough. I know. This is currently, Lauren. The theme is currently. I'm not going to tell you about one I've already done. True. Although true, I guess true. I did tell you about Magpie. Well, they, <laughs> we've just got so many new books that we're looking forward to. I'm really excited. I hope this sort of invigorates your desire to start reading again. I think this chat has. Like, I'm going to go away and finish Against White Good. Feminism. I've got a long drive to do this week, which I'm now so excited for to listen <laughs> to my audio. <laughs> Whack it out. Yeah. Because I'm still not running because I'm still in pain. I can't go on yeah. like my long runs to listen to audiobooks, which is why I think yeah. like, I've just been listening to like here and there while I cook. And it's not the same as like a long stretch where you can mm. just get lost. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. I'll check back in with you. I'll, at the end of the day, I'm going to text you to be like finished against white feminism and 
finished a 400 page book and now I've started a 700 page <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised We're giving you a chance to win the October Books That Matter box with a sustainable The Earth Is My Sister theme. So if you'd like to win a box this month, there are two ways to enter. If, like me, you listen on Apple Podcasts, then subscribe, leave a rating and review, and use your Instagram handle as your nickname on the review. Or if, like me, you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, then follow the podcast on that platform and screenshot and share on your Insta, tagging at BookRecos when you count your entry that way. Entries for the October box close on Monday the 25th of October and will be announced on our Instagram on Wednesday the 27th of October. If you're listening to this at a later date, then don't worry, it's a monthly competition, so still enter and we'll count your entry towards whatever the box is at the time. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.